Hello and welcome everyone to episode 60 of the Gaming Duo podcast. I'm your host for this week, Rob Garcia, and I'm joined by co-host, Kelvin Rowland. If you are new to the show, we are the podcast that provides profound and engaging discussions on the latest gaming news every Friday at 7 a.m. Eastern Time. Kelvin, uh, I wasn't here last week, so tell me how that was, by the way, like not having your co-host. It was... A little strange at first, but um, I think with I think it was great that we had Binge on the show because you know we we've had plenty of conversations with Binge and it just felt natural. You know, it just felt kind of like a smooth conversation with him. So it was it was it was a great time. I had a great time talking to Binge, and um, it was cool. It was fun. I had a good time. Did you was, did you catch all all two hundred plus Pokemon? At, in yeah, Pokemon yeah, Arcus? I did. I completed the whole Pokedex. I was gonna like send you a picture of it. Yeah. <laughs> We I found him, guys. by the way. We found Rob. <laughs> he's yeah, he's yeah, back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm here. I, I was uh, in San Francisco for a week. So I was doing some vacationing with my girlfriend. It was a good time. Beautiful, beautiful state. Awesome yeah. city. But, you were there uh, for like a week, right? For like a week, yeah, five days. So that was cool. Yeah. What yeah, did you uh, uh, What did you do? Like, what, what kind of we sightseeing just did, did you do? Sightseeing. We, we saw like the ocean. We went to like the zoo, the botanical gardens, went to a bunch of parks. Nice. A lot of eating, obviously. You know, uh, went to Japantown, which was pretty cool. Interesting. Okay. There was a lot of cool stuff there. And uh, yeah, I had a great time. And I'm honestly, I listened to the last week's episode with you and you and Kevin and you guys murdered it. Like that dude gives me a run for my money. I'm like, damn, like, all right, yeah. dude. You he, know, he definitely he, he's he's always obviously, like I said, always welcome here. But um, how, how did it feel for you being an outsider this time, you know? Yeah, it, it was weird. I was able to actually listen as if I was not like it wasn't my podcast, which was right, interesting. Right. And I thought it was really cool. Like it, it opened my mind up a little bit like, okay, maybe this thing could like change here and this thing could change there. Sure, but sure. like you guys had a great discussion, honestly. Yeah, so. We had fun topics to talk about. You know, I think it was a really good episode. Yeah, for sure. Rob, um, real quick, what's consuming your life right now? Oh my god, I, I was going to ask so you this. <laughs> I was just going to ask you this. This is you and me and everyone else, man. It's oh Elden god, Ring, dude. that game. I, let's let's talk about that game before we get into the news. I really want to. You want to start off? What's what's in your head right now? What's going on? So I knew this game was going to be great going into it. Mm -hmm. I didn't know it was going to be this great. I don't know if you remember, but. And I don't know what episode it was, but I said, this game is going to do what Breath of the Wild did for the Zelda series, mm. for the for the Soul series, it's basically what this game did. And I'm just, it's I, I think about it a lot. Like, that's when I know I'm addicted to a game is when, like, I think about the game so much. Like, I want to be playing, I want to be playing, I want to be playing. I'm, gonna say, I'm assuming the same is for you. Like, you just want to keep playing that game. Let me tell you, I'm so tired right now. My eyes, I have to wear these glasses because my eyes are burning, right? <laughs> and so <laughs> it's, and it's because I was up at last night at like, I think it was closer to one o'clock just playing Elden Ring, knowing that I have to work the next day, you know? It, it just keeps you really engaged. Like it's, it's, I want to say it's one of the first open world games that truly feels open world. And I mean, I know we have Breath of the Wild to compare it to all the time, right? That game was kind of like the the breaking point for for open world genres, but 
there, it was still there was still a path that you needed to go. There was still something. There was still a destination that you needed to go to, right? In Elden Ring, you start off, and the world is literally yours. You have no direction. There is no one telling you where to go, how to get there, what just, to do, and you're, you're just traversing through the land. You're just going to find out what you stumble upon, and that to me really got me like holy shit this game is truly that's it open you world. said it right there holy shit that's what this game provides is that's what gamers look for they look for those whole shit moments how many times have you been playing the game and you're like oh shit like well it's the same it's that same feeling that you got again from breath of the wild when you first start off in the plateau right and then it starts opening up the land and you start noticing like what you can actually like you know, traverse and actually like go through like this is as soon as you walk into the open world field, you're like, holy shit. Like one, this is gorgeous. And two, like this is a huge map. Like this is huge. And it just it does. That's that's just a scratch of what this game does, because there's so many positives to it. Like, yeah, we're just talking about the level design. We're not even talking the about level the combat and, and the bosses yeah. and all that stuff that we can go on forever about it. Yeah, but. right now I, I just think that I, I love how the pacing is. The pacing is fantastic because it's a pace that you make it. You make the pacing depending on how your play style is. So you can dick around and just play like in the you know just just trying to uh, farm and get some souls. I call it souls. I know it's called like ruins or something here, but um, you can do that or you can actually try to improve your weapons or go into the next boss if you know where they are or just you could do so many things and people are doing completely polar opposite things that like i'm sure like when we're playing together you're doing something completely opposite than what i'm doing right you know our, I mean? our playthroughs are completely different they're right. not no one's like the same playthrough everyone's different that's the crazy thing the craziest part about this game is that everyone has a different experience playing it which is yeah. fantastic and it's one of those like you said that you're gonna get an experience out of this game that you're i'm sure you're gonna remember from years down the line because those are moments that because there's no hand holding in this game at all whatsoever you are making this game yours you're building that connection with this game and you're like oh shit i'm i'm deciding where i want to go i'm deciding how i want to tackle how i want to build my character how yeah I wanna, what 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 skill sets i want to i want to learn and yeah who what what boss i want to fight at this time exactly. or I'll, I'll go back and I'll, I'll come back and fight them it's this game is nuts like i will it, say it was a little nerve-wracking for me when when i first started i was like eh, not sure if i if, if this is vibing with me as much as bloodborne because i think i like the narrow path of bloodborne and knowing where to go next this one was a little overwhelming at first but once i got to the first boss i'm like yeah this is this is what i want this is exactly how how i want a, a bloodborne s game to be yeah exactly it it doesn't have i don't think they'll be able to recapture the the combat from bloodborne but this does things in its own way that bloodborne can only like you couldn't even dream of doing in bloodborne you know what i mean so yeah it's definitely they definitely did a good job and we're gonna be playing it for a couple of weeks and i'm super sorry if we don't shut up about this game because we're yeah. going to be talking about every literally everyone's talking about this game. So now what would you say is something that you wish would be different? Like what, what's something that's negative in this game for you? Um, Frame rate's pretty good so far, right? So yeah, everything's it. pretty good so far, but sometimes they make things more complicated than they have to be. Talking um, about the online play co-op, like the online co-op, like you got to use the fingers and then you have to put them there. Like you're gonna find out how to do it anyways because it's just gonna look online and 
and figure it out. Right. I think they kind of did like, well, no, you, it's like a little puzzle. Like you got to figure out how to do it where it's mm -hmm. like stuff like that. Like, I don't want to have to figure out how to get to play cooperatively with someone and just kind of like the way they do like some of the items and how they scale, um, is kind of a lot mm -hmm. to take in. Like you can't use this weapon because you sure. need this skill to be this skill. But I was like, but I got the weapon. I want to use a weapon now, but you can't because you didn't build that way. So it kind of penalizes you mm -hmm. for that's like my only gripes about the game. But that's yeah. I feel like it's always how it's always been. I think for me so far, I mean, I'm, I've only played probably a total of eight hours, so not nothing crazy, right? But to me, um, I think one of the biggest gripes for me is the I'm comparing it to Bloodborne again, but the weapons in this game are are fine, but because I'm so used to how Bloodborne kind of centered their weapons where you can kind of use two and one and you use it based off of your play style i feel like they could have went a little bit above and beyond with the weapon system in this game too right the, the weapons for me just feel a little generic the, again i'm eight hours in so i'm not really like engulfed into like the full-fledged like 20 plus hours so I, I don't have all the weapons and stuff but from what i have right now i'm just like all right these weapons are fine nothing crazy you got your your basic swords and your basic axe and stuff like that i just wish there were a little bit more inspired well you will see i did pick up a pretty cool dagger that does okay pretty cool pretty cool stuff so all right i, I think me. as we progress through the game the weapons will get cooler nice okay so but enough about elden ring we love it if you haven't played the game go get it because it's incredible um but let's get to the news for the week man so all right kelv uh, news roundup for the week there is a first round of Steam Deck reviews are out. All right. So Steam Deck came out for some people. I don't know how people got it. I think it's just like kind of like those. They give out a certain amount or they were first in line for the pre-orders. I think well, that's yeah. how it worked. The review um, embargo is out. And I think the actual first sleigh of shipment is, is, is out. Yeah, the first well. wave came out. Yeah. Um, so... The Steam Deck has been released, and based on current reviews, it's a mixed bag uh, of what people are saying. So I'm just going to go over here and just get a couple of reviews out here. The Verge gave it a 6.5 out of 10. This was probably the most jarring one, um, and this was a quote from there. When the Steam Deck works, I finally feel like I can take my PC, PC gaming with me. I fire up the new God of War in XCOM 2 or Streets of Rage 4, let my fingers melt into the fantastic controls, Feel the rousing music come out of the truly excellent stereo speakers. Watch smooth gameplay on the remarkably good 7-inch uh, 2080 by 800 screen. And side of the light, knowing I can get through all my my long-neglected PC games one bite-sized session at a time. So, sounds like butterflies and rainbows, right? Sounds great. Mm -hmm, yeah. This is where it takes a turn. But the operative word is when because the Steam Deck software is coming in hotter than any gadget I've ever tested every single day I use a Steam Deck. I was dodging error messages, bugs, crashes, black screens, UI glitches, regressions, and even entire feature changes from Valve on the eve of release. So that right there is it's a lot to take in. Um, yeah. I'll go, I'll go into CNET. They said... If you're the type of PC gamer who jumped online to pre-order the Steam Deck during its short first wave delivery window, you'll be mostly impressed and occasionally frustrated. But if you're expecting 
a gaming experience with the same casual pick and pick up and play ease of a Nintendo Switch, this device isn't what you're looking for. So, so far, Kelv, the biggest complaints have been battery life and the control sticks actually drift. They're prone to drift stick so far. Um, a little more on, on CNET. After spending about two weeks with the device, it reminds me of the first wave of the modern VR headsets like the HTC Vive and Oculus Rift. Yes, they were available for consumers to buy, but to be an early adopter, you need to have a certain comfort level of trial and error and figuring things out for yourself. Like those first-gen VR headsets, the Steam Deck requires an adventurous spirit and a love for fiddly workarounds. That actually makes PC gaming's devotees an ideal audience. We're already used to tweaking and troubleshooting, installing mods and drivers, swapping out and overclocking hardware components. For some games, you'll have to be digging into the options and settings and actively troubleshooting so they play well or play at all. Kelvin, how do you feel about this? Are you still hyped for the Steam Deck after these reviews um, or have these reviews tempered your expectations? Not at all. I think wow. this is to be expected. I mean, I, I, everything that I've that you've read right now, I feel like they are normal complaints that you would get on any launch of any hardware, right? Especially things like like what The Verge said, right? Where you're, you're experiencing uh, error messages, bugs, crashes. Those are all fixable. Those are all things that they can update in a software update, right? Okay. So that's 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 like a, a temporary issue. And again, it's CNET said it perfectly, right? Like if you are planning to be a um, a first wave adopter, right? Like you are going to experience these issues because you're a, you're you're starting this. You're you're you're, you're you're essentially beta testing these things for us, right? And those issues are to be expected. Now, the biggest issue that I think that you obviously can't get away with is the fact that the battery life is so bad. It, you know, it's pretty bad from it's, what it, it, it's mediocre. Two to three hours. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, so yeah. that that's a little alarming for me because how can they fix that? You know, there's nothing that you can really do about that. What's done is done, you know, but right. it's one of those things where are you going to have to constantly tweak your um, your game based off of what game you're playing and, and change um, you know, I don't know anything in, inside the hardware to reduce the battery life or, or to increase the battery life. You have to like reduce the, 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 you know, the frame rates or something like that to help navigate a little bit more. That's alarming. That's a little bit of an issue for me because I don't want to, the whole point of the, having the steam deck is to have an experience similar to a PC. Right. And right. if you're reducing some of your frames or if you're reducing um, some of the quality stuff that you want from a game, like so let's say God of War, just to get a little bit more battery life, like that's a little alarming to me, you know? Yeah, I'm, I'm in the same boat as you. Like, I, I'm still hyped for the machine itself. I'm not hyped for it to out of the box, it not working the way I want it to work, right? Um, I think that's my biggest, my biggest gripe is I'm expecting almost like a console-like experience from this thing, right? Sure. I want to boot it up, go into my Steam library and play any game I want. This seems like, it's not going to be the case because there might be some titles that I can't do. Plus I heard about the windows uh, installing windows is kind of wonky right now. It doesn't necessarily work super well yeah. um, with installing windows. So that's kind of like another, again, like you said, it's going to be fixed. These are things that take time to get fixed. So 
but that battery life, you're right. Like, how are they going to fix the battery life? There really isn't a way unless they do like a, a add on component to it at some point in the future to help increase battery life. But even then, the the, the Steam Deck is already a, a hefty size. You don't want to add anything to it to make it even heftier, you know. Um, going into the the uh, drifting, right? The the prone to drifting for the sticks. I think is that just every. I don't know what manufacturer these companies are using, but every stick now, every analog stick that they're using drifts, right? PlayStation, Nintendo, Steam Deck, like they seem to be prone to drifting for whatever reason. So I think the only one that's not drifting is the Xbox Elite controllers. I don't know if the Xbox, normal Xbox controllers do drift. I know the 360 uh, controllers back in the day, they drifted really bad. Um, And PS5 has been drifting as well? Yeah, we've talked about it in super early, super early, like when PS5 came out. But it's not as... A, it's not um, as big it's not yeah, as prominent yeah. for for um you know for whatever reason but i think it's more prominent in nintendo switch right because a lot of people have had that, that exactly issue. and then this right here this isn't a quick swap out your little slider you know right. your little joy con and get a new one this you actually have to take apart the machine granted i think we did cover that the uh i think it's iFixit is going to be teaming up with yes valve to offer these parts Yes. But how expensive will the parts be and how easy will it be to fix right. it? And why should I have to even fix it in the first place? You know, that right. that's the whole thing that. So with the battery life, with the joystick, with these kind of things happening, do you think it's still smart to purchase a Steam Deck, you know, when you get the chance to? Or should you wait when it's been refined more or purchase the next iteration of the device? I think it really just depends on what your outlook in this is because again if you are if you are a day one buyer like myself I'm I, I would consider myself like a day one buyer in anything really right um well you're in a special camp right you're more of like you like having the newest thing of something like te- like you really like new technology you like right. having the newest that's what I mean yeah. yeah so like if you're in the same boat as I am and you want, have to have like the newest gadget just know that this is going to come with some consequences, the trial and error, right? That that Steam is going with right now. They're they're trying to see what works, what doesn't, what needs to be fixed, what updates they need to improve on, and you are going to be an early adopter, so you have to understand that this is going to be something that you have to kind of deal with a little bit, right? Um, if you are the type of person where you're like, you know what, I don't need this, I can wait a little bit longer. By all means, wait. You don't if you don't need this, if you have a PC or if you're not really interested in this per se at the moment you can wait and see how it turns out a year, six months a year from now and see if it's in a better space i think all these issues are going to be resolved within a year i can't imagine them not being right besides the battery life um so it just depends on what your outlook is and what you're trying to get from the steam deck for me i am a early adopter or as early as i could be i didn't get it day one right but we got it as early as we could be as we could have gotten it and so are we going to experience some of these issues, Rob? Most likely, right? I can't imagine them, them being fixed before like we get it, I think, depending on when we get the, the like, second wave of these. I think it's, it's summer earliest, probably. Yeah, so I can still see some of these issues still being prominent. But again, I know these are going to be issues that are going to be fixed, so I'm okay with that. This is something brand new. This is something almost 
almost unheard of. This is something never done before, right? I mean, again, we, we've had consoles in the past. We've had handhelds in the past. But this is kind of like a mesh between PC and handheld handhelds. So we, we got to give it some time to like actually flourish. Yeah, I mean, I'm me personally, I'm going to be closely monitoring the Steam Deck and how how it's reviewed and what people are saying. Um, I, again, I saw my pre-ordered in and I'm, I'm very pumped for it. But if it becomes that this thing is almost like a cool piece of technology that can only play games for three to four hours at a time, it's like, but then again, too, it's like, how often are at for a handheld? Are you playing that handheld? You're usually playing an hour, two hours tops in handheld mode. Like you're away somewhere, but then it's, if you say you go away somewhere, like you're on right. vacation or something, you have to constantly keep charging it essentially. Right. Yeah. Because I mean, gonna... I think that's a great question that you brought up. What, how are you, how do you think you're going to be using the steam deck? Like, are you going to be the one taking it out and going like when you went to San Francisco, where you'll be having a handheld, like huge steam deck, bulky ass <laughs> console with you? Or what do you, th- how do you see yourself seeing the steam deck? I, I think it's going to be more of something that you take to a friend's house Right. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily see people bringing this on the bus with them or public yeah. transport. Right. It's just too bulky for what it is. Um, also, too, it's, it's really expensive. So for something like that to, you know, you, you, you drop it or something like the switch, it's it's slim. It's 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 easily you can carry it anywhere you want. But this, I think, is just kind of going to be kind of just being around the house. Like I want to play Persona 4 Golden on my PC, but I don't want to sit on my PC. I want to sit. I want to sit in bed. Right. I'm just going to go in bed and, and take my take my game with me. So I can see that's most how most people are going to be playing this thing. So. Yeah, I think that's how I'll play too because I don't see myself taking this to trips or vacations. I think I I think that's more suitable for the Switch, right? This to me I would probably see it as okay, I have a backlog of, of video games that I need to get through. One being, for example, like God of War. Like I, I still want to play that game again, right? And just kind of experience it again. But I don't want to kind of sit down on my PC and just kind of feel like wait, I'm wasting my time because I, I know I played the game, but I don't know. There's something about just sitting on my, uh, you know, on my computer and just kind of playing games like I've already played just kind of doesn't do it for me. So if I have my Steam Deck, I could bring it upstairs and just kind of, kind of, you know, took. To like, take away from some of that stuff, you know, I, I can kind of like kill a little bit of time, play God of War, and enjoy it. Right. And I hear you. Um, yeah, I just got to see more that comes out of it, um, and then I'm sure there's going to be a ton of reviews out for this thing, and, and it's going to be mixed. Everyone's going to say a bunch of different things. People are going to say it sucks. People are going to say it's amazing. It already, it's already happening right now. So, but um, but behind, like, if you look at the Verge's um, review, what they're generally saying is mostly positive things right like you're talking right, you're, right. You're talking about works, if you really works, yeah if you right? read into it, it it sounds generally positive you're, they're saying that they have fantastic controls the feel of the the rousing mouse uh, the music coming out of the the stereo speakers the speakers are pretty decent from what it sounds like the gameplay is smooth uh, a good solid screen that they have like those things are what you look for in a console or in a, you know in the steam deck right now so if those if they're saying it's pretty good then i think overall your general experience will be nice will be fairly positive yeah it seems like most people are when they take this thing out of the box they're gonna be happy and the people that are getting this are already kind of invested in a pc one way or another so they already kind of know how to work the little kinks and stuff like that out so right 
Anyhow, well, we do for the next news piece, Kelf, we do have another review. <laughs> mm. Um Gran Turismo 7 is coming out today on Friday. Uh so happy Gran Turismo Day. Hey. So here are some reviews for the driving simulator. IGN gave it a nine out of ten. Mixing the original GT's trend-setting format with GT Sport Stern, but very successful focus on competitive online racing, Gran Turismo 7 makes a few errors, but is a potent podium performance from developer Polyphony Digital. Okay. It's... Tech Radar, 5 out of 5. <laughs> so when I read this review and they said this statement, I was like, really? This is the one? Mm-hmm. They this said... The best PS5 exclusive yet. Must be a really true racing fan. All right. Gran Turismo 7 isn't just the best entry in a long-running series. It sets, sets the bar astronomically high for all future racing sims. GT7 stunning graphics are paired with a wonderfully slick presentation. That, in conjunction with best-in-class racing sim gameplay, that's easier than ever to pick up and tough as ever to master makes for a constantly satisfying racer. So that's kind of overall good. Amazing. Apparently the game is amazing. Now with all these reviews being said, Kelv, are you considering picking Gran Turismo 7 up or you kind of like, I'm going to take a pass on this? 100% a pass. This is not the game for me, especially like a, a simulator type of racing game. I'm not really for it. I think I'm more in the more more like a Forza guy, right? Okay. I like I the arcade like style, that. right? So, but one, uh, this doesn't speak to me. This is not a game that I would play generally. But two, Elden Ring just has my attention right now, 100%. So <laughs> it's not going to, nothing's going to really take me away from that unless something phenomenal is coming out that I really love and endure, right? But this is great for fans. This is something that speaks to racing fanatics, to, uh, people that are really into the Gran Turismo lore and enjoy the yearly releases or not the yearly releases, but you know, the constant like releases that they've had and they, they keep nailing it, they keep hitting it. So this is just better Gran Turismo. And I think from what it looks like, it's probably the best Gran Turismo yet. So kudos to Polyphony. They always do a fantastic job. What did um, I, what did I call it? You called it some weird, I wanted to stop. I, I wanted to I, say I, something, I, but yeah, I was like, I was mm-hmm. like, I, I, I was reading it. And I was like, I'm saying this wrong. Polyphony. It does, like that. <laughs> I, said poly, I said polyphony. That's what yeah. I said. I was like, uh, let me, let me just, I, me, I knew when it, I was I'll reading it. I was like, I'm saying this wrong. I, I'm reading <laughs> it as like it's spelled, but I'm saying this. It's wrong. right. I've, I've done that countless times, but yeah, uh, it, not for me. I, I'm assuming it's the same for you. You're, you're really not really a Gran Turismo guy, but you could appreciate it. Right. Just like me. A hundred percent. Like I, I enjoy racing games, but the problem is for me with racing games, I never stick with them. Forza. I liked playing Forza. I got the cars that I wanted. I was driving that. I, I tuned it up and I was just driving around. But at I the end of the day, <laughs> but at the end of the day, it's just like, okay, I'm going to drive around and race these computers. And, uh, that's, that's it. And I'm just going to keep racing and driving and that's it. Um, and I think the reason why it just, it just I, I don't want to say I get bored with them, but eventually I, I get bored with racing. It doesn't hold your attention, and that's fine, yeah. you know? So, yeah. uh, but for some people, no, they, that's just, they like going, they want to try this car, they want to try this car, how this car drives versus how this car drives. And mm-hmm. 
I do want to try Gran Turismo 7 at some point, but it's not a buy for me right now. Um, but no. it, I, I think it's a beautiful game. I personally think that if you oh, are gorgeous. a racing yeah. fan, go for it. You know, and the fact that that person said it's the best PS5 exclusive yet, that speaks volumes. So I, the closest I've ever been to a racing game, like I loved and adore, was the Midnight Club franchise. I oh, think yeah, Midnight that Club was, was great. Midnight Club best. 3 was, was so good. Dub Edition, fucking phenomenal, dude. Like, that it gave was you like power ups and stuff. Like, you were able to, like, yeah, it was, it was super arcadey, and you were, it felt like you were going like, 300 miles an hour like it yeah. just felt fucking dope you know and then um that was rockstar right rockstar made the nightclub three i believe yes yes yeah. i want to say so yes and then back in the day i think we spoke about this a while back but do you guys remember connect Connecticut? yeah that's not really PS2? that's i don't it's, know if that's it's a, a racing it's a, it's not it's a arcadey racing yeah game. it's Come not like on. real cars and stuff that's yeah like, but yeah, it's but. it's racing you're going from point a to point b and you're, you're racing everybody fucking else right so it's it's a racing game. but that was like what i gravitated towards as a kid and even you know when i was younger yeah. i'm like yeah this is my type of stuff but that that's the closest i've gotten and then like obviously to, fours or two i tried yeah i i have to say for me uh most wanted Need for Speed Most Wanted. That was see, I never got into those games. Oh, it was so cool. It was it, it it was the closest you could get to like the Fast and Furious in a game, and you raced for pink slips. Like you raced this yeah. person, and there was like there was like I don't want to say they were gym leaders, but they were basically like gym leaders. Like you go through the thing, mm-hmm. and you beat the eight people, and you beat the game, but you went you can win their cars, mm. and I thought that was like really cool. I liked that aspect that they had. Like there was a story as to why you're doing it, which is why I liked most wanted the most, but yeah. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I think this would be a sick game for VR. For PSVR. Yeah. Um, yeah I can that, see that. I can like see a, that. Like a racing sim. Mm-hmm. I'm all about like, you look all ways and you just, you're driving. I think that's sick. Yeah. And especially if you have like the, the controller, like the wheel and then the, like the yeah. and stuff, that'd be cool. That'd be wild. So definitely going to keep my eye on this one for a bit. But yeah, um, if you're a racing fan and you have a PS5, go for it. This is fantastic. All right. We got some news that I'm going to be interested in. Oh, this is right <laughs> up your alley. Right. Uh, this past Sunday, the Pokemon company had some announcements, and the biggest one was Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. These are the newest games in the series. Um it's there's some there's just some details right here. It's gonna be a new generation of Pokemon. It's going to take place in a region modeled after Spain and Portugal. It's gonna have an open world. Um, it's gonna basically keep the same mechanics as uh, Legend of Arceus. Like they're not lost. They're they're in there. So that's exciting. There are three new starters: Sprigatito, uh, who is the grass type. Uh, Fue Coco, who's the fire type, and Quaxley, who is the water type. All right. Before I like how talk- you said Sprigatito. Huh? I like how you said Sprigatito. Sprigatito. You had you added that Spanish to it. Yeah, you cool. got it. And, and and Fue Coco. Fue Coco. Uh, do you know what Fue Coco means in Spanish? Fire Coco. Fire Croc. Coco Cocodrilo. Yeah. Yeah, fire crocodile. Yeah. Um, so that's, I think it's really cool that it's taking place in like Spain and Portugal, not, not you were exactly, right, but we were kind of like guessing where this would take place. Right. Once this was announced and we we're like, Oh, it, could, it looks like kind of Spain and Italian looking vibes to it. And we were right. 
Right. So I like that, especially us being from like Spanish descent and stuff like that. I think it's really cool to like hear what they're, are people going to start speaking Spanish and stuff like that? You Yo, know? Like, give me a full Spanish fucking Pokemon so game. Let's go. Funny. Oh, man. Uh, um, so out of these three starters, which one are you picking? Ah, this Without is seeing their third evolution, you can't see the third evolution yet. You gotta, you gotta go off right now. Yeah, this is. I am a fan. A lot of people. All right, a lot of people are are hating on my boy Foy Coco here. There, there right? people are hating on. Him. I think people love him. Twitter was going like, I mean, not hating, but like he's like the least favorite. No, for some reason. Yeah, no, dude. Everyone's like loving Spigarito, Spigarito, okay. and Quaxley. Um, if if it, this is the first time that I might decide on a fire po- fire starter first because i usually go for the water pokemon uh quaxley is my guy right he is the homie he looks dope as hell i'm not sure it, it, it'd be a toss-up between fue coco and quaxley i feel like these starters have been some of the best design starters in a long time they have some swag to them you know yeah like i i feel like in the past when you saw the starters you instantly knew which one you were picking you're like, yeah. this is the one I'm picking. Where this, you're like, but I can go that, I can go that, I can go that. Yeah. My least favorite is Spir- uh, Spirga- Spirgatito. I keep getting that wrong. Spirgatito. Yeah. I don't know why. It's just It just looks like a fucking cat. Like, it's cool. Yeah, it's I, like I think cat. because it's it's generic looking, uh, but I, I have faith that it's, its evolutions will help it out, make it look badass, hopefully. Um, but yeah, so you're probably going to do Foy Coco. I don't know because Quaxley reminds me of the homie Donald Duck. So <laughs> I saw things on Twitter <laughs> where they showed Quaxley and they're like, Quaxley's uh, final evolution got leaked and it's just Donald Duck. <laughs> Dude, that'd be fucking dope. It's like, it's so stupid. Um, yeah. So were you shocked by the announcement? I think you got, I think you were, right? 100%. I'm sure Kevin was too because last episode yeah, we were kind of discussing what this would be, right? And we were completely against the fact that this would be Gen 9. I asked Kevin specifically, like, do you think this is going to be a Gen 9 announcement? He said, no, absolutely not. <laughs> and come to find out, we were both completely wrong. Um, it's a great... I'm, I'm So, all right. So let's get back into some of the details here. So it's still, it's still going to remain open world, right? It's going to be open world. And based on what they said, the towns are going to work seamlessly with the open world. Okay. So it wasn't like Legends Arceus where you went into the open world and you went into the town and there were Mm. two separate areas. It seems like this is going to be one cohesive open world. Yeah, less loading screens, kind of more intuitive. I'm a fan of. I'm a fan of because it seems like they're blending uh, kind of older Pokemon games and Arceus together, right? Because I feel like this is going to be more traditional in a sense where it's going to have gym battles it's going to have the open world concept kind of like um sword and shield i feel like right but yeah i think it's going to take it a step above sword and shield yeah 100 which is great my only complaint is i don't know if is this too soon right because this is coming out this year and that's that's bonkers to, to even say because pokemon arceus came out just this past last month right so or, or two months ago right um january so that is a little wild to think that we're gonna get another brand new 
generation of Pokemon. Yeah, and Legend of Arceus of was a full game. It was full a full fledged. Pokemon game. It was a full-fledged Pokemon game. So. so it makes me wonder. I'm a little nervous because, okay, one, is this going to be too much Pokemon, right? Are we going to get a little bit of that... Um, What's that word? Like, you know, you're, you're, you're getting a little bit too much of overwhelmed, not the word, but yeah, let's say overwhelmed. We're getting too much Pokemon in one year. Um, I mean, th- don't forget, we did have uh, Diamond and Pearl too. Yeah, just before. Really count sure. But that. like, you know, they're <laughs> did, releasing get new constantly, remakes. right? So it's, it's a little tough to be like, all right. They're like you know, shoving it down game. our throats is what you're trying to say. Right. Yeah. And so that's my other complaint. And then my other complaint is the fact that if they, let's see, like, are they really improving on what made Pokemon Arceus great and what made Pokemon Arceus not so great, right? With that short amount of time that they're going to give us between Pokemon Arceus and this game, are they learning? Are they building any new different foundations? Or are they improving some of the aspects that players thought were great, wrong, like bad? And and, and you know what I mean? As far as Arceus goes, like that's what I'm afraid of. So from what I saw in the trailer, it seems like they're still keeping that core mechanic where you can move around while the Pokemon battle is happening. Right. I don't think sure. it's going to, that is not going to change like crazy. Like you're not going to control the Pokemon or anything like that, but you're still going to be involved in the fight somewhat. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can still capture Pokemon with throwing a Pokeball at them. Like you can still do the sneak attack, but it's not going to be the same as it was in Arceus. It's going to be more, I don't want to say a step back, but out or... yeah, it's, it's going to be, you still, you're going to still have to battle the Pokemon to, to catch them, right? Yeah. Um, and I also, I don't know if you noticed, but the graphics were a little better. Like they, they made, were. They made Texture the wise, they were yeah. really good. Yeah. So that's exciting to see that they didn't, didn't just take the, uh, the the models from Arceus and plop them right in. They, they're they like, no, nah, we're doing complete, we're doing different models. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited. It's weird that. because this seems like, I mean, with how early they announced this game, it seems like they were working on this game right simultaneously with Arceus, right? I think so. Yeah. I, I'm really, I think they wanted to see how Arceus went and like, okay, people liked it. We're good. Let's move on with what we're doing with gen nine. Yeah. But maybe, maybe if people, if, if it wasn't received well, maybe they would have paused it. Maybe they would have pushed it back. I don't I'm, know. Yeah, maybe. I mean, <clears throat> It's, it, it's hard to tell you wouldn't you wouldn't be able to know right but obviously with the praise that arceus got this is just better news for for us fans right um i, I think it's going to be great because i although i did love how arceus turned out to be it did get stale for me it did get really stale quickly right and i beat it and i enjoyed it for what it was but you didn't you didn't beat it you didn't actually beat okay it. all right you know what you, you saw the cre- you saw the credits roll i saw the credits roll that's that's yeah, the yeah, that's yeah, the most important you, part. Okay, i didn't I do the post i didn't do any of the post stuff but, but the post game is where it gets the most badass i'm just gonna i'm just letting you know but but that's the most tedious part is it not you're constantly you're, you're just trying to capture all the pokemon and you're trying to capture all those little soul things right just to yeah, see well yeah but Arceus. then it's it's, it's like you, it's like a completion thing. Like you completed everything you had to do in a sense. I think what, I mean, yeah, overall the Pokemon, Pokemon is the lore of Pokemon, I guess, or what they've been trying to do is like, yes, got to capture them all. Got to capture them all, right? Like this is what you're supposed to do. And it isn't until Arceus where like you really felt like you had to do that. 
But I feel like they went too hard on that. Now it's like, yeah, <laughs> you like, have oh, to yeah, capture okay. everything to complete this fucking game. <laughs> I'm like, all right, I get it. But I don't want to, like, spend time capturing. I think my biggest pet peeve of just how Pokemon has turned out recently is just the fact that you have to capture the same Pokemon over and over and over and over again just to get, like, a better version of the same Pokemon. And then, like, you have, like, 10 different EVs. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, that, I'm just like... Well, th- that's... The Arceus, I think that was kind of annoying. I was like, I don't want to capture 10 Ar- EVs right now. And yeah. whatever. I don't want to capture 10 Zubats to complete this thing. I didn't go that hard. I didn't go and complete every single step of it. I was more like, I'm just going to capture one of each, and mm-hmm. that's it. Do you know, in that game, for some of the Pokemon, you had... There were... There was one that was so ridiculous, man. It was Ursa Luna. It's okay. Ursa Rings Evolve form. Yeah. So in order for you to evolve them into Ursa Luna, you had to find something called uh, something peat. It was it was some kind of stone or rock or something, right? Okay. But the only way you could find it is you had to walk around the entire land on that Ursa Luna mount and dig it up. And, and randomly just dig it up. And you just randomly find it. And you randomly find it. So like, it's not like it was a fixed place. You have to randomly, you have to get lucky and get it. Okay. And then after you get it, you have to wait at a certain spot and wait for a full moon. And then you can use it to evolve. And I was like, that, this is too, like, that's, and that's just, what I mean. I think, like, the, like, I think Arceus doesn't do a great job of, um, pre- like appreciating your time. You know, like you don't really feel like you are spending your time wisely. I feel like I'm wasting my time, if anything, you know, me just being like a a basic Pokemon fan, you know, right? I'm sure for for major Pokemon fans, this is everything they've hoped for. But um, I think this is going to be exciting to kind of have a blend between older titles. Old and and new, I think. Yeah, I think that's going to be nice. So we'll see. Yeah. Um, So you're pretty excited about this game. Where's your segment at? Yeah, I, I I'm excited. I think this is again more Pokemon. Cool. I just I'm hoping to see a little bit more of. What do you think of the trainers? Uh, I, hate, the I, hate the, I, I don't like I them. Hate, I hate the. I hate them. I think they took a step back. Yeah, <laughs> what they look they're, like. They're very uninspiring in my. In, yeah, in my I, I like mean, I know you can change your clothes. Too. I know you can do all that stuff, but I thought the the trainers in Arceus were way cooler than. I think the the issue is they don't look exaggerated. A lot of the Pokemon trainers that you see in previous titles they they're exaggerated you know eyes big eyes or yeah you know, long legs or whatever kind of like anime style and this one just seems very like mute you know they almost look like yeah it almost look like an npc in a sense in a way it's weird yeah but um yeah but besides that i think again like you said the graphics are great textures look great i think like z viper i think that's his name z viper right uh it's one of the pokemon there, it's a viper <laughs> he, he like the textures like you see his scales which is pretty cool yeah, magnemite magnemite was it Magnemite. Magnemite. Magnemite, you can yeah, see it, like, the remember, metal. I remember. Yeah, you, you got see, it, got it. You see like the like the the metal texture that he has. So yeah, yeah. definitely improved in, in, in graphics. So that's nice. Um. So yeah, we'll. Uh, I'm sure we'll get more information as the year comes when more Nintendo directs it. Um. And I'm excited. But let's move on to our last news piece of the day. Uh, the Witch Queen is the best expansion yet for Destiny Two, and this is a quote. Um. I have never since Destiny I've never since Destiny launched back in 2014 been able to categorically categorically rem- recommend it to anyone. Yeah. Praise always came with the caveats. The cool parts were always buried beneath an incompre- incomprehensible grid 
with the Witch King, I can finally say without reservation that Destiny 2 has a great shooter campaign that is worth everyone's attention. Basically, this quote is saying that this is the best that Destiny has ever been. Um, and if you're wanting to go back and try Destiny, now is the time to do it. Would you ever consider going back to Destiny 2? This this is a bold quote that says a lot. For I think it's from the, Kotaku, by the way, this quote. Yeah, it says a lot for the for the um for the game because we were early adopters back when Destiny One and even Destiny Two came out, right? We both played both of them when they first came out and we enjoyed them for what they were, but I think the biggest issue that you and I and everyone else had was the fact that there was not much to do in them, right? So you kind of felt like you weren't getting your money's worth. You kind of played for a little bit. You you enjoyed it for what it was, and then you just kind of stopped playing because there was nothing else you could do, right? So within the years, right, and, they, and Destiny 2 has been out for quite some time, and now they've had the opportunity to build upon this game and, and improve on the lore and the gameplay and the, and the graphics and all that stuff. So this seems to be, like, based off of this quote, one of the best expansions that Destiny 2 has ever had, and it seems to build upon the the gameplay right so it seems exciting it does make me want to try out destiny 2 again just to see how it's changed since we first played the game but again with this so many games that we have right now like elden ring for example horizon we stopped playing horizon i can see myself playing it's free too this is free somewhere right and i think it's free destiny to play somewhere free on playstation 4 playstation and place playstation um steam i don't know it's somewhere that you can play for somewhere free. is free you could get this game anywhere but it's it's enticing I, I i will say that i based just this quote alone i'm like okay i can see myself maybe playing and having that eureka moment you know i i agree i think if it was a different time like we didn't have all these games coming out right now i would one i would honestly take a look at this be like maybe i'll get back into this this seems cool yeah. because i've talked to three separate people and they're like destiny 2 is dope now yeah and when you have people saying that that means that there's something and you have other multiplayer games out you have apex you got halo what right now you're hearing freaking crickets about halo like no everyone forgot about halo Dude. with it uh, yeah <laughs> but the fact that everyone's saying that destiny 2 is has been has been killing it yeah um and it's it's an amazing expansion makes me want to go and maybe i'll revisit some other time right yeah. like definitely interested in and in seeing what it's what it's about um i'm interested yeah. to see what this does for the franchise especially now that sony purchased bungie right right, right. i think we're gonna see huge things from bungie or from at least from destiny coming in the next um uh, couple coming years um yeah. so this, this is exciting news for for sony fans in all honesty yeah i'm excited i mean i'm kind of like an outside look like you know watching from the outside here and just noticing okay i see you destiny like i see that you're, you're making moves so maybe one day maybe who knows destiny 3 might be like okay maybe i'll i'll jump right. into this because another reason why i'm kind of hesitant to go into destiny 2 is because we have been so out of touch with the destiny franchise that i'm kind of scared to get in there because i feel like it's going to be overwhelming too you know there's going to be so many things yeah and, and it it does take a lot of like it's very team based too, right? You you have mm -hmm. to get in raids and mm -hmm. you have to coordinate with your friends. Like I'm gonna get on here to, to so we can beat this boss together tonight, you know. So yeah. there's definitely a lot of like clan slash like raids 
coordination going on, um, yeah. which if you're not really about that, it's, it's kind of hard to commit to that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that concludes um, the news for the week, Kelv. We're going to move on uh, to our new segment called In-Game Chat. This was PTG Talks, uh, but now we just called it In-Game Chat. So, Kel, for In-Game Chat today, my question is to you. Yes. Do video games need to be open world to succeed in 2022. Kelvin, so far this year, the major titles that have been released, Pokemon, Legend Arceus, Horizon Forbidden West, and Elden Ring have all been received incredibly well by players. All these titles have one thing in common. They're all open world. From Software and Pokemon, first time going true open world, um, so this raises the question, do games need to offer some type of open world aspect moving forward? No. That's a great question, by the way, that by me. I'm just going to let you guys. <laughs> just <laughs> on the back there. Uh, I, Mike, flip, on the flip side, what what is success? Like what's, what's succeeding? Like what's successful, I guess? That was a terrible way of saying successful. Right. What does successful mean to you? Like what does a, a game need to be to – be successful right i think it needs to have players just they can't get enough of it like when that game first drops it is they want to just keep playing it and playing it and just can't they just keep talking about it like everyone right now is talking about elden ring right when mm -hmm. legends arceus came out everyone was talking about legends arceus Arceus, uh, Horizon Forbidden West. Everyone talked about it for a week, for like a hot second, dude. <laughs> for a, for a week, Elden Ring fucking came out of nowhere and for, just fucking you know? demolished uh, it. So, uh, take Breath of the Wild, right? Like that came and for, first, I want to say something that I might get flack for. Oh shit! Oh shit! I can't stand now. Although I feel like it is unavoidable that people compare so many games to breath of the wild breath of the wild i mean we're we're we do it too <laughs> All the I, time. I know i know i'm 100 percent, but i think at this point it's like all right well they they, they broke a barrier where you want to go do that thing but there were games before breath of the wild that let you do that right look at did look, they look at elder elder scrolls Look at uh, well, Skyrim. they were open world, sure, but they were open not world. to the extent of what Breath of the Wild did. They, that broke barriers. That that is a gold it, it, standard. It, they now. said, okay, you want to go there, you can go there. You you yeah. have the ability to go there. Right. There wasn't any loading screens. It was just straight, just like the map is just interactive. Do what you got to do. Could climb everywhere, anywhere climb, you climb to. Um, but not every single game does that now, right? Um, right. Which like, is why this is always, which is why Breath of the Wild is always compared with, right? Because nothing has topped it since Elden Ring. Do you think Elden Ring topped it? Uh, well, it's the closest I think it's gone to getting to what, you know, Breath of the Wild is, right? I feel like that's the closest we've ever gotten to a, a amazing open world experience like Breath of the Wild. So I guess, I guess that's a question, right? Is 
for games to become this S tier and and to be insanely successful, do they need to do they need to open the world? No, I think you answered your own question um, a little bit earlier. Where uh, when I asked you what does a game need to be successful with, right? Well, or what does a game need to do to be successful? That right there, you were like, oh well, um, I think the game needs to have something that makes you want to keep playing that game, makes you like doesn't want to stop, right? So great, right? I think I can think of a handful of games that they're not open world, but I cannot stop thinking about it. Returnal, perfect example, like not open world whatsoever. If anything, it's the most linear game that I played this year or last year, but it made me want to play that game over and over. And it had that Elden Ring or, you know, Souls kind of like gameplay where you keep constantly die, but you want to keep playing and keep right. playing and get better, you know? So I think the gameplay loop, if anything, is the defining factor in what makes a game successful it's and a it game doesn't necessarily yeah necessarily not necessarily the itself. open world because open world uh, obviously it could be a top tier like breath of the wild like elden ring and that is definitely a caveat or that is definitely like something that makes it stand out from other games but it does not need to be open world to be successful if anything i think we're oversaturated with um, open world games you know everyone's trying to do the, the same thing everyone's trying to have an open world experience right i mean you look at these you look at assassin's creed you look at um spider-man you look at days gone i mean these are just a couple of games that that all have these open world um and i think what makes elden ring specifically and i would say even Legends Arceus, uh, Horizon, I don't really have a ton of experience right now, is that it doesn't feel like you're constantly doing like a fetch quest or side quests, right? It doesn't mm. tell you, these games don't tell you how to play the game. They say, do whatever you want. Yeah. It's literally, like, we're not going to say, like, talk to this merchant and he's going to make you go, give me, give me five horses fur or something. Like, you know what I mean? Horses for, okay. for I don't know. Like, give me wolf, wolf pelts. Or give something. me ten horse manures, and I'll give you this gold coin. <laughs> right, exactly. Like that, that kind of Fuck stuff. You and guy. Like, what do you mean? Yeah, but that stuff gets so monotonous and boring. And I think that's what makes a game super successful in the open world. It's yeah. Like, I don't care if the game's open world, but now I have a million markers on my map that say side quest, side quest, side quest, side quest, side quest. You know, like I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to do that. And that's what I mean with like Elden Ring has none of that, right? Breath of the Wild had none some of that. of that, but not really. You know, when you talk yeah. about Assassin's Creed, that's when it gets like, like Ubisoft is, or Ubisoft is very known for just bombarding your map with shit to do, right? And they're um, nine times out of 10, they're just shit. Like store, like you know, what I mean, it's just complete shit. It's just garbage shit, dude. It's just like, why do I need to do this? The stank you put on that, it was one hundred percent true. It's it's just garbage to keep you in the game longer. Yes, if, if you think about it, it's the same thing as social media. Some social media, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it keeps you. It's you're scrolling through, and it's just garbage, garbage. But it's there to keep you more engaged engaged in inside and keeping your time into the thing so i think that you said that perfectly it's just like it's just 
garbage. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's just and then another game back going back to the question, another game that was super successful that we both didn't try was Sifu. Right? Not an open world game. It just came out, but everyone has been raving about it because of the the gameplay loop that it has and the constant like, okay, this is a game that is very challenging, but also very addicting and I want to keep playing. And that's what I think that's what makes it successful, right? Just the fact that it has a gameplay loop that people want to continue to try over and over and over. Yeah, I, I think we hit the nail on the head, right? It's like, no, it doesn't necessarily need to to be an open world to succeed, but it needs to have engaging gameplay. It needs yeah. it needs you to be invested in the game. Yeah. And even if you, I mean, a lot of games are trying to do, I mean, this has been happening for, for several years now, right? right? Like, I think once developers started realizing like, oh, open world games sell, oh, let's let's make everything open world now, right? They quickly started to realize, okay, this is hard, one. And two, <laughs> yeah, this is not something that everyone likes. One, because you can't just throw people out in this open world and then start throwing a bunch of side quests and shit to like do because it just gets boring. It gets, you know, and then it get, just got oversaturated with so many open world games that people got fatigued, right? And it, it, there has to be a happy medium, right? For you to just, like, if you want to make an open world game for you to succeed, you have to have a happy medium of like, okay, let's make this open world, but let's make these side quests or let's make this open world engaging and alive for you to actually feel like that's it. You have time to make it, worth it feel alive and yeah. you're rewarded by like venturing, right? Yeah. Like, okay, I have a mission to do. I think I know where to go, but if I go, if I go here, it, you, you give the player that sense of like wonder. Yeah. That's, that's what you need is like, if you're going to do open world, you need that wonder. And if you don't, if you can't provide that wonder, don't do the open world. Yeah. I think horizon, the, amount I've played with it so far does a fantastic job of making you feel like you are in this world. Everything from just the leaves blowing, the the animals just kind of walk like running by you, the the NPC, even the some of the side quests that you get in that game, they don't feel like just side quests. You know, they feel like actual parts of the game that help build your character or help build a connection with that NPC. So these side quests are very fleshed out when, and that's what keeps you engaged, right? You're like, okay, I see this guy needs help, but like one of the, one example for an NPC that I, I did like a side mission for was he is like a welder or something. And some of his friends got stuck inside a mine and you have to help them. You have to save them. Mm-hmm. So you go in there and you're trying to, you know, it's, it's kind of like flooded with, with water. So you're trying to like dive and stuff like that. And then you see like the, the two that are, that are, you know, stuck and that, that whole process I had to, there was like a little, um, a little trick to trying to get them out of there, like a little, I don't know, something there, but it, it was fun to do because it felt like I was engaged and I was doing something purposely, you know, purposeful. Yeah. And that's, and that's the difference between, these these types of games right is that it gave you that super and what's going to happen yes elden ring may have taken your attention yeah um for for the time right now but i'm going back you're gonna go back you're gonna go back to horizon because you know it it just this game is a fucking grenade it was a freaking you know but yeah that that's that's the answer is no you do not need an open world to succeed in 2022 um what what is over is gameplay itself but if you do do an open world, 
you got to make it engaging. And don't put garbage in it. Don't put shit in there. You know what I mean? Put shit in there. I don't want to cut rats fucking fur and shit and cut donkey's <laughs> dicks and shit just to give you like no come on <laughs> give me 20 witch's hairs and yeah. i will give you this, this sword that's okay <laughs> yeah that's that's this. pretty much it so i don't know um that's it guys uh for the in-game chat um guys we have a new website up uh go check it out it's gamingduopod.com uh has all of the episodes on there all of our new videos they all pop on there um, if you can, please give us a rating on your favorite streaming service. Um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, they all have these ratings. If you could please give us a five, that really helps us out with the algorithm. It helps people notice us. Um, and yeah, uh, again, I want to say thank you to Bingeworthy Gaming for uh, helping co-host last week when I was gone. I appreciate you, Kevin. Shout out to you. Uh, Kelf, thank you for holding it down in home base. Yeah, uh, you absolutely. killed it. Um, and there's going to be exciting, more exciting stuff happening very soon. I know we said before that, you know, this year we're doing a lot of stuff. We have another surprise coming up for you guys, uh, coming up and, and we'll give you a hint. It's going to be another guest. Um, but it's, it's a pretty cool guest. I, I will yeah. say, I think you guys are going to be happy with that. Um, yeah. Kelby, anything to add? Um, no, this was a great episode. I, I love the conversation that we had the, the discussion pieces. Um, guys, again, just like, just regurgitating what Rob said, please go into our website, give us that star rating. Um, I don't want to kind of hound that too much, but it does help us a lot and we would love the support. So thank you. Yeah. Um, and if you want to be a guest on the podcast, please let us know via our website, DM us on Instagram, whatever you got to do, you know? Yeah. Um, if you just want to talk about video games, like literally just seriously. hit us up. Like it's, we're, we're approachable people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like just hit us up and we will definitely make that happen. 100%. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. We appreciate you guys and have a good night. See ya.